0: Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events, and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: This week on Hometown Ghost Stories. Ravaged by disease, civil war, and a gang of outlaw bushwhackers, the city of Fredericksburg certainly got off to a rough start. But despite overcoming these challenges and growing into the beautiful city that it is today it's still haunted by the ghosts of its past. Join us as we dive into the haunted history of Fredericksburg, Texas. Fredericksburg, Texas, 2021. Mike stepped out onto Main Street from the Silver Creek Beer Garden. He had tied one on and decided to call it before the bartender cut him off. His friends had continued eating and drinking, but Mike had decided to go out to walk off his buzz. He began walking down Main Street and took a right onto North Lincoln Street. It was a clear night, and the stars didn't seem to be all that high in the sky, almost like there was a black dome over the city with twinkling lights hanging just overhead. It was a sweltering hot night in early July, and he could already smell the whiskey he was sweating out as he approached the town creek just beyond the National Museum. He was irrationally considering jumping into the creek fully clothed to cool off when he saw something move behind a large oak tree on the creek bank. He squinted at the tree and the shadow quickly ducked behind. Mike approached the tree and began to circle it, looking for whatever it is he thought he saw. As he rounded the tree, he noticed a shadow crouching low by his feet. Mike picked his foot up, losing his balance as the shadow quickly darted out towards the street before disappearing. Confused and startled, Mike walked out towards the street where the figure had disappeared, not really sure what he was expecting to find. He found himself standing in the middle of the street for no reason. He glanced back at the tree and saw the figure of the man standing wearing a cowboy hat before walking back behind its wide trunk. Again, Mike approached the tree and found nothing. He turned and faced the creek when he heard whispering behind him. He turned and found himself face to face with a man in a cowboy hat, only something looked off with the man's face. He couldn't quite pinpoint what was unusual about his face because he was distracted by what happened next. The man raised his arm and pointed a revolver at him and pulled the trigger. Mike saw a flash but heard no sound he screamed and fell backwards into the creek. He flailed and splashed his way to the bank, frantically grasping at his face to feel for a gunshot wound, but to his surprise, he was completely unharmed. He looked back up to locate the man with the gun, but he was gone. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, the outlaw ghosts of Fredericksburg, Texas. Fredericksburg, Texas, was founded in 1846 by German immigrants under the Society for Protection of German Immigrants in Texas. The chosen location was between two creeks four miles north of the Pedernales River. It was named Fredericksburg after Prince Frederick of Prussia. Many of the settlers migrated to Fredericksburg to escape the cholera epidemic, but unfortunately, they seemed to have brought it with them. In 1849, a major cholera outbreak affected the new settlement, which brings us to the city's first haunting, just three years after it was founded. The cholera spread was so bad that the settlers had to send a horse-drawn cart door-to-door to collect the dead on a daily basis and bring them to Der Friedhof Cemetery. On one occasion, the cart driver pulled over to take a break when something spooked the horses and they took off running down Main Street. One of the bodies in the cart had a foot hanging out that got caught on the ground, and the corpse was violently pulled from the wagon. To make matters worse, all the bodies were intertangled, so when one was pulled off, they all followed, leaving a trail of mangled corpses all the way down Main Street. Shortly after this event, and still to this day, apparitions of bodies and body parts are seen in the street by various passers-by. The early German settlers came to the Texas Hill County to get as far away as possible from the nasty politics in Europe, only to find themselves up to their eyeballs in the chaos and anarchy of the American Civil War. Despite being surrounded by Confederates, they were generally anti-slavery and favored the Union. This made them targets for a band of desperado bushwhackers that called themselves the Hangar Band a gang of bandits who rode the mountains lynching citizens and stealing their property in the name of the Confederacy. Led by J.P. Waldrop of Gillespie County, a man described as a psychopath with odd-colored eyes seems to have gotten along fairly well with his German neighbors before the war, but the toxic political atmosphere of the 1860s gave him the liberty to act on his repressed psychopathic tendencies. One of the gang's victims was a man named John Blank, Reports said the outlaws hung blank from the tree that still stands in what is now Lukenbach Cemetery. Not long after the Grape Creek lynching, a band of outlaws, believed to be Waldrip's gang, surrounded the house of a schoolteacher and local unionist militia captain named Louis Schutz. The outlaws ransacked the house, stole $400 in cash, and lynched Schutz from a live oak tree. Waldrip was eventually arrested for the lynching of the schoolteacher, but authorities decided not to prosecute for fear of retribution, and Waldrip was released. Apparently, he didn't have enough sense to get out of town. He and a few members of his gang rode into Fredericksburg in broad daylight and proceeded to spend the day in the saloon, drinking whiskey and intimidating locals. After leaving the saloon that afternoon, Waldrip and his associate J.W. Caldwell walked down Main Street towards the Nimitz Hotel. That's where they ran into Philip Braubach, the son in law of the teacher they murdered. The street in front of the courthouse exploded into a cacophony of gunfire. The shooting drew the attention of County Sheriff Frank Young and a group of armed citizens, and the outlaws were chased into the lobby of the Nimitz Hotel. They ran through and crept up to the back door. Waldrip stepped out the back into the waning light of the late afternoon and he shielded his eyes from the sun. Two shots rang out. Philip Braubach stood there holding his gun and JP Waldrip lay dead near an oak tree by the creek. Waldrip was thrown in an unmarked grave along the creek and the tree where he was shot still stands to this day. There are bullets from the shootout still lodged in that tree. To this day people claim to see a shadow figure dart out from behind the tree and run across the street before disappearing. Locals believe it's the ghost of J.P. Waldrip, caught in a never-ending cycle, cursed to forever repeat the motions that led to his demise all those years ago. Fredericksburg's original Nimitz Hotel was built on Main Street in the late 1840s or early 1850s and acquired by Charles H. Nimitz in 1855. The hotel had four rooms and a large central fireplace. At the time, the Nimitz Hotel was the only place between El Paso and San Antonio where travelers could stop for a hot bath. The Nimitz soon gained a reputation for comfort and convenience. A number of families from Houston and Galveston spent their summers there, and among the more notable guests of the hotel were President Rutherford B. Hayes, Robert E. Lee, and Ulysses S. Grant. But not all the guests experienced the same level of comfort as so many others claimed to have experienced. In the late 1800s, one guest passed away in his room while staying in the Nimitz Hotel. When Charles heard about the death, he immediately sent word to the man's family several states away. The problem arose, however, that they would have no way of preserving the body before the man's family would be able to claim it. So Charles had to come up with a possible solution to this problem, and he believed he had the answer. In addition to a saloon, a brewery, and a bathhouse, the Nimitz Hotel also had a smokehouse. Knowing that smoking various cuts of meat was a method of preservation, he had the idea of storing the corpse in the smokehouse, with the other meats, as a way of preserving the body. Unfortunately, this had the opposite effect. The heat in the smokehouse sped up the decomposition process, and by the time the man's family claimed the body, it was an absolute disaster. It hardly looked human. Some even speculate that the man wasn't dead at the time he was put in the smokehouse, and he was actually cooked to death. The ghost of the man in the smokehouse still haunts the building to this day. The Nimitz Hotel is now a museum called the National Museum of the Pacific War. Guests of the museum claim to be overcome with the overwhelming and inexplicable smell of smoke, while other guests in the same room at the same time claim to smell nothing at all. The man in the smokehouse might be the most common ghost of the museum, but he isn't alone. The figure of a man referred to as the Major, or the General, is frequently seen standing in one of the second-story windows. The General was also found dead in the hotel. Charles Nimitz, having learned from his lesson with the smokehouse, tried a different method of preserving the body this time. He stuck the body in a barrel filled with salt and water, and shipped the body back to the family. When the family received the barrel, they opened it to find out that the body had completely dissolved. They were furious and sent a hitman to take out Charles Nimitz. Fortunately for Charles, he got word of this ahead of time and went into hiding until things cooled off. Charles Nimitz himself is believed to haunt the building as well as various other members of the Nimitz family. Charles died in the hotel in 1911 and his apparition is seen throughout the building. Police are frequently responding to alarms going off in the building at night, only to find nobody there. On one occasion, police responded to an alarm and claimed to see people sitting around the table as if eating a meal. But when approached,
0: they simply disappeared. Allison and Rachel were vigorously cleaning the kitchen that they had just spent all day cooking in. Both of them rushing much faster than they ever had to get out of there. The night before while cleaning, the pair heard noises coming from throughout the restaurant. It wasn't the first time, but it had progressed to the point that they couldn't keep saying it must just be the pipes. As Rachel cleaned the grill that night, she began to hear a scraping noise working its way up the floor. She had called over to Allison to ask if she heard it, and right then, all the pots and pans hanging on the wall came crashing down. The two women ran outside, knocking a thing of flour off a counter as they did. They slammed the entrance door behind them as they exited and locked it, both agreeing that there was no way in hell that they were going back in. The next morning, their manager called and asked each of them to come in early. He screamed at them about the mess that the morning crew had walked into, but as he was yelling rachel and allison kept staring at the knocked over flower on the ground it looked like someone had been dragged through it after both getting a written warning that day they began to work again with a pit in their stomachs they asked several other co-workers to stay and close with them but everyone came up with one excuse after another now here they were the only two left after closing again And the banging began, just like the night before. They scrubbed and scrubbed as the banging got louder and louder and louder. Finally, Rachel had enough. She screamed out to no one in particular, Leave us alone! And after she did, everything stopped. Rachel and Allison listened. And breathed a sigh of relief after a few moments, when suddenly, they heard a scraping sound coming from the dining room. The girls listened in terror as the scraping got closer and closer to the kitchen door. As they backed up, the door violently swung open. As Rachel and Allison looked at the door while holding each other, they couldn't believe what they saw. A pale, almost see-through man, slowly dragging himself across the floor on his elbows, missing both of his legs.
1: On East Main Street, in Fredericksburg, adjacent to the Auslander restaurant, is a winery and distillery known as Elk Store. But it wasn't always a winery. It started out as a general store owned by a local carpenter. That is, before the demand for coffins began increasing. The brothers who owned the store began using their carpentry skills to cash in on said demand. Eventually, they opened what would be the city's first funeral home, and it would eventually become haunted by a legless ghost that drags itself across the floor at night, searching for its missing legs. The story behind the haunting dates back to when the building was a funeral home. The undertaker at the time received the body of a man who was unusually tall, too tall to fit into any of the coffins they had on hand. So rather than spending the extra money on building a larger coffin, they cut the cadaver's legs off at the kneecap, stuck the body in a smaller coffin, and buried it. The strange specter of the legless man now haunts the Elk store winery as well as the Auslander restaurant next door. The historic old jail that stands in Fredericksburg today was built in December of 1885. The building is 25 feet wide, 33 feet deep, and two stories tall. Surrounding the historic old jail is a five-foot stone wall, originally topped with embedded broken glass to discourage prisoners from attempting to scale the wall and escape. Cells in the jail include the lockup cell on the ground floor, which was later used for female inmates. Upstairs has two steel-clad cells and a maximum security cell in the back portion of the second floor. Apparently, this wasn't enough to keep all the prisoners in. In December 1923, three prisoners with a knife overpowered the jailer and escaped. In October 1926, two desperate characters sawed their way out of the jail. In December 1930, a man broke into the building while the jailer was away and threw the lever that opened the cells. The Fredericksburg Standard called it one of the cleanest jail deliveries ever recorded. The jail closed in 1939, but is allegedly still occupied by the spirits of some of the inmates who did time there. Today, visitors to the jail claim to feel a wandering coldness that passes through them as they walk the old halls. Shadow figures have been spotted in the jailers' quarters, and chains that hang in the front have been seen moving on their own, despite there being no breeze or other cause for their disturbance. Heavy cell doors are reported to open and slam on their own and there is one known apparition that sits out on the front step of the jail. It's believed that the apparition is the ghost of one of the old jailers who used to sit on the front stoop and smoke cigarettes. Today, the historic old jail is owned and maintained by Gillespie County and is open to the public. The thick stone walls which used to contain the living inmates still stand, and although the inmates no longer occupy this building, those walls now encase the spirits of some of Fredericksburg's most notorious outlaws. gentlemen welcome into hometown ghost stories episode number 86 i'm jesse wilkins i'm joined
0: by rob coakley hello rob i'm actually kind of shocked it took us this long to get back to texas maybe we just had certain listeners that we wanted to annoy it's a big
1: (laughs) it's a big state with a lot of hauntings and we're also joined by dave wilkins dave nice job on the episode Thanks. That was fun. Uh, I'm glad to be back in Texas because they have some pretty interesting things. And we did find out recently that Texas is the most haunted of all of the 50
0: states. So
1: I don't think it'll be our last time in Texas either.
0: It's it's not. Bridgewater is the most haunted state in in the country. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) And it's now a state, so that is news. (laughs) All right. Well, Dave, why don't you get us into Fredericksburg? Before you start, what made you... Focus in on this particular town in Texas because there's so many different places you can cover that when you said Fredericksburg, I was like, Oh, that's interesting because that's not a town that I know. So I'm kind of excited about this one.
1: Well, after we learned that Texas is the most haunted state in the country, I'm like, we got to get back into Texas. We get these ghosts are it's just a cool area. It's a it's a unique state. And uh so I started looking around. I was looking at El Paso, and one of the things that came up for El Paso, some for some reason was Fredericksburg because they're they're referenced together. Um, sometimes because uh, one's on the way to the other, basically. And uh, people traveling back and forth used to, if you're traveling from El Paso to San Antonio, you pretty much stop at Fredericksburg. That was a thing back in the day. So uh, I heard heard the story about the smokehouse ghost. And I was like, this might be the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. So I'm going to look into Fredericksburg. And sure enough, every single ghost story out of this city that I found. Just has a crazy origin, all of them. And they're all super unique. The hauntings are pretty unique, that's one thing, but the origin stories are so crazy in this. The smokehouse ghost, the, the cholera cart ghosts, uh, the, the legless ghost <laughs> in, the, in the restaurant. It's just like these are all just so wacky. And I guess we could start with the Nimitz Hotel with the smokehouse ghost and Mr. Charles Nimitz uh, being really bad at preserving dead bodies.
0: And possibly
1: really good at smoking meats and barbecuing he's brining dead bodies he's smoking them like it's like like this guy knows how to barbecue for sure but he just doesn't know how <laughs> to <laughs> he doesn't know how to preserve a corpse
0: i mean they don't need to be mutually exclusive right
1: no maybe maybe not but uh, i don't i don't like the thought of my my barbecue guy uh barbecuing corpses in the same smokehouse that he smokes the meats that's gross I mean, I don't know. You have to approach these things with an open mind, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? um But yeah, so he's he's he stores one in the smokehouse and it doesn't work. Basically, just speeds up the decomposition process. They ship the body back to the family, and the family's like, "Gross! Why did you do this to our loved <laughs> one? You horrible <laughs> person!" And uh, he's like, "Well, I didn't do it on purpose. It just seems like a good idea. This is how you preserve." ham <laughs> so yeah maybe you could also preserve a human body but uh apparently it kind heat... of makes sense i mean it's also meat so i can see where like the frame of mind comes for that but you say that the body completely dissolved that was when he put it in the salt water barrel so you know that uh so two different ways you're curing meat or preserving meat curing is the same thing uh you can smoke it which will cure it or you can do like a salt either dry brine or a wet brine and um He basically, the first option failed. So when the second guest died in the hotel, who happened to be, he was either a major or a general in the army. And that's a whole other thing. He pissed those people off. But when that guy died, he's like, well, the smoking didn't work. So let's try the other option, which would be salt. So he filled a barrel halfway with salt, stuffed the body in there, and then topped it off with water. And the salt water basically just sped the process up even faster. And he was basically just a skeleton in a... And a really gross human soup barrel when he re- when he uh, arrived, and that guy's family was also very pissed off, so pissed off that they actually hired a hitman to go kill Charles Nimitz. So, like I mentioned in the video, he uh, he got word of it ahead of time, was able to avoid that situation. But I think that's when he decided that he was going to stop trying to preserve these. These corpses. Yeah, it sounds like nobody's
0: good at their jobs. You got the guy that doesn't know how to preserve bodies, you get the hitman that can't keep it a secret that he's coming to kill somebody. Is it just shows that nobody in Texas knows how to do anything great, is what <laughs> I'm hearing out of all of this.
1: Maybe. I, I assume they're all really good at barbecuing. When we did go down to uh we went down to San Antonio about a year and a half ago, and uh there was some pretty good barbecue down there. So the uh the rumors are true. Hopefully what we ate was not human, but uh, (laughs) I just presume that it was not. We do need to settle this. Brennan says barbecue is not a verb, and he is wearing a cowboy hat. So he's got a little bit of credibility there. I've always thought barbecue is a, a verb. I think it can be used interchangeably. I will Google that as we speak. Ricardo is from Texas. He says he begs to differ. This is a debate, I think,
0: that is worth settling here. What do you guys think? Let us know in the chat if you can use barbecue as a verb or not, is what I would say.
1: I'm 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 going to side with Brennan on this, but I think I've used it before, so I'm going to barbecue some... Oh, I don't know. Uh, It is a transitive verb to roast Mm. or broil food such as meat on a rack or revolving spit over or before a source of heat, such as hot coals, or a gas flame. Hmm. Okay, yeah. so he ju- does justify his uh, incorrect statement by saying, "Down here, barbecue is the product. Grilling or smoking is the process." Hmm. Well, so on my smoker, it says smoking, and then once you get over three hundred degrees, it says barbecuing. It says it right on the smoker. So um, maybe. All I right, but what about? But when it, is, it is also a noun. So the. What the about when question. it's a human body? Okay. Uh, then it is. Um, nerve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so we went from barbecuing him to, um or to salt brining him to uh pickling him. Yeah, or <laughs> brining. Yeah, a saltwater brine. So yeah, uh, neither of those worked, and one of them almost got him assassinated. So he stopped doing that. As far as I know, he stopped doing that. Um, what a bad but, hitman! Did you say he actually like they they found out that he was coming to be a hitman? Yeah, he was he was able to evade that hit. So. It was strange times, different times back then. You can kind of just send hitmen. And, uh, but was they, it because he got a heads up or was it just like the guy came in and like forgot his weapon and then he just got his ass kicked or something? <laughs> no, he got tipped off. So he laid low while, while he waited yeah, for the situation just, to cool off. You can't just let people know why you're in town. That's the worst hitman ever, right? Like, I know, right? He just shows up before he does the hit. He goes to the saloon, walks in, music stops, of course. He walks up to the bar. He's like, let me get a drink. He's like, yeah, I'm in town because a man's body was pickled. Unjustified. And I'm here. I'm a hitman. I'm actually here to do murder. <laughs> They're like, Oh yeah, who are you gonna kill? Like this guy. They're like, All right. They get on the yeah. phone, they wind it. You wind the telephones, right? Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely how those things worked back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see it. I can see it. It'd be a really bad movie. They did wind some things, like the old engines, like you had to crank to start. But I don't think that was the same for telephones.
0: Yeah, it's the, the engines and telephones basically had the same engine so you know like cars telephones just <laughs> yeah. same yeah. idea really yeah. i mean at this point i'm ready to like <laughs> wind our video before
1: we play it on the podcast <laughs> I know. just to get it to play through the whole way stop halfway do a brief
0: information so we can wind it again and then let it roll I know it's, right, exactly. we, we have to come up with like a plan B in the future where we just like come on screen and start tap dancing until the video finishes loading or <laughs>
1: something. Yeah. Maybe plan B is we just go live and we act out the rest of the episode live yeah, in a we, silent I, film. Do I, that would definitely still, yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> still, still sounds like it would be easier than putting the video together. So yes, I might be down to try it, but uh, yeah, so a smoked, body and uh, brined body and the hauntings associated with the with the smoked guy is pretty interesting. So to this day, if you visit the Nemitz Hotel, which is not a hotel anymore, it's now uh, a museum dedicated to the Pacific War, people claim to smell an overwhelming aroma of smoke, which some people, it's, it's so overpowering that they actually choke and can't breathe. And what's weird about this is that you could have a group of people and one person will experience this smoke sensation and nobody else in the room will smell a thing. So that's an interesting detail. Personally, you think if it was a everyone was smelling the smell of smoke, then you could probably rule it out as probably being the smell of smoke somewhere. But if one person's experiencing it and nobody else in the room is, I think that's weird. That is interesting because smoke is such a strong smell. And uh, it's not like, you know, some, some, places you get the smell of like perfume or lavender or something that's like a little bit harder to pick up than smoke smoke is is very pronounced it sticks around for a long time and everyone can smell it from a from far away real far away i mean you can oh this way you smell people burning leaves from across town right so if one person is smelling it the rest of the people in the room should be able to smell it and that makes me think that it might be something that's more close to a haunting yeah i would be inclined to agree with you but that's the haunting associated with the Nimitz Hotel. And then we can back it up a little bit and talk about the cholera epidemic that pretty much affected this city right off the bat. So it was founded in 1846, and it was founded by German immigrants who were fleeing Europe. And they end up in America. Unfortunately, during the time of the Civil War, they're trying to escape one set of political um unfortunate circumstances. And they end up in probably an even worse one here in the United States during uh, one of our darkest times in our history. And they're also trying to get away from this cholera epidemic. And what they believe happened was they were actually infected and then moved over to Fredericksburg and brought the disease there. So once the city was founded and established, immediately they had a huge number of the population die off from cholera. And it was in such, it was such an alarming rate that these people were dying that they had to literally go around with a Monty Python style cart and bang on doors saying, bring out your dead and just stack all these bodies in the cart. And this was a daily that's, thing. That's the only time anyone pushing a cart has been tied to dead bodies. Right, Rob?
0: Mm,
1: do you want to do this right now? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do we want to get back into that conversation? Which conversation? We all promised each other that we were done talking about Jack the Ripper. Ripper.
0: That was funny, by
1: the way. Even if Dave didn't join in again. I, I strongly suspect that Dave has never joined in on one of our Jack the Ripper chants.
0: Because uh, we can't I see each
1: other while it's playing. I don't like your Jack the Ripper chant. It see, bothers So me. So it all oh. comes out now. It all comes yeah. out now. Uh, I, I agree. So. It could have been better. We could have done a whole song. Hmm. hmm. What, what was the story behind be? that? We just forgot to do the audio
0: portion of that little video clip. <laughs>
1: No, we just just, played it it and we all just sang in the background and we're like, yeah, we'll
0: just do that every time on the show. Yeah, we did it. We did it off stream and me and Jesse laughed. Dave didn't laugh and we're like, oh, well, me and Jesse laugh, So we're just going to do this and just pop ourselves every time. And we don't care if anyone else laughs. We and Rob are the only two who laughs and the only two who (laughs) likes it when we do that. But we just
1: keep doing it. It's great.
0: Anyways, yeah.
1: So uh, Monty Python, bring out your dead. So they they're piling this cart full of dead bodies and they are going up and down Main Street which at the time was the main street, which is probably why they called it that. Mm. And the guys who were pulling the cart decide to, well, the horses pull the cart, but the guys who are driving it pull over to take a break. And something happens that spooks the horses and and they just take off down the street running. And one of the guys has his leg hanging out. One of the bodies has a leg hanging out of the back and it gets snagged on something in the road. And it just pulls him and every other body out all over the street, all the way down Main Street. There's bodies, body parts. It was people are screaming. Absolutely. Am, te- am I terrible? Am I terrible for finding this story absolutely fucking hilarious? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <It's just laughs> all I could think of is that uh that show I think you can leave with the coffin flop episode, and there's all the bodies just falling <laughs> <the> over <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> I see people talking about co- coffin flop in the comments. I'm like, what? <laughs> How did I miss that? But that's uh yeah. Uh, it is. It is kind of amusing to think about. I think that if you were there and witnessed it in person, you might not have thought it was so funny. And all the people that did witness it were pretty scared. Well, I mean, it was there.
0: I mean, uh, do you know me and Jesse and the stuff that we find funny in person? <laughs> because there's a chance.
1: This is what we do every day. We look into this kind of stuff. And I think we're desensitized to it. We might be desensitized. I think if we were on the scene. Okay. All right. Let's just in today's scenario, I live right next to a funeral home. If If the hearse drove by and the back door opened and the coffin shot out the back. You don't think we're all cracking up? Like, it's awful. It's terrible. We're bad people. I want to put that out there. We are bad people who laugh at bad things. I would be cry laughing on my porch <laughs> with my coffee and just to witness a coffin flop in real life would just be awful. It's,
0: it's my number one dream. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> That's all I want to see. <laughs> All right, but
1: understandably, people are screaming. It is a terrible scene. Dead bodies everywhere. Not a single person laughing. Just no. me and Jesse. Just Rob and Jesse, who were there, allegedly. But it was a terrifying scene, and everyone who witnessed it was shocked, and I'm sure they all had to go to therapy and get that worked out, because it is a, it would be a terrifying thing to see is the street littered with bodies and body parts of the people that you know, because this was, a, at the time... It was a. It was a, not a, a full-on city. It was probably a small village of people who all knew each other. So, yeah, the haunting that are. Things. Yeah, it yeah. does change things if it's people that you know and love, right? It does makes it more Rob, hilarious. Rob says because <laughs> Rob Rob has no family, so he
0: can't. <laughs> he can't Dave, if I saw you go flying, your dead body go flying out of a cart, like at high speeds. And your body just goes winding across the, the road i'm i'm a first gonna be shocked and b just go this is what he would have wanted so at, least, <laughs> at least he died doing what he loved <laughs> <laughs> what he
1: loved i don't know it'd be disrespectful not to not to laugh at that yeah would, you'd be, want us to laugh i would want you to laugh <laughs> i would i would be disappointed if you didn't we'd have to so the uh the hauntings that are tied to this are Various. So there are there is a ghost. I didn't mention it in the video, but there is a ghost of a figure that stands in the middle of the street. People have spotted it. They've seen it standing there, and when they approach it, they realize that the person is transparent, and it will disappear. And they believe that that is the ghost of one of the bodies that was strewn across the street during this event. And also, you have the apparitions of the bodies lying in the street that appear in the road, I believe still to this day. Which, if you even if you think the original event was funny to look at, uh, I think that you would agree that seeing the apparition of a body lying in the street would be pretty terrifying.
0: Well, because it'd just be lying there, it wouldn't be getting thrown off a cart uh, mm. at high
1: speeds. That's what I mean, it's funny. Yeah, you wouldn't have the the funny music playing in the background. And <laughs> <laughs> it, I do find it a little disappointing that the apparition is not of the cart flying down the street with ghost bodies falling out of it. That would be amazing. Don't you that think? would be a hell of a haunt. Did you say the body is laying or was the body standing there? I think you originally said the body was standing in the middle of the street. There's multiple yeah, there's multiple, uh, multiple okay. hauntings associated with this. I would wonder if, if that has anything to do with that event. Because the people didn't die there, right? They didn't die in the middle of the street. Maybe some of them did. Maybe there was a,
0: he's not quite dead yet,
1: scenario going on. Maybe they did die in the middle of the street. But I would I would wager that that the door could be open on that one. It could be any kind mm-hmm. of haunting. Yeah, that's a good point. If the ghost is just standing there, then why couldn't it just be any ghost? Why would it have to be associated with this event? That's a good question. Mm, and tough to prove. Tough to prove, tough to disprove. And it's just I guess that just is what it is. There is so, a ton of hauntings around around this town, though. I was looking into a bunch of them today. It is a, it's a very cool place. Put it on the list. I want to go to Texas again. A very short list. It's a very short, short, list. short list. I would love to go back to Texas. That would be a good time. So the next haunting on the list of hauntings that we have is the Auslander Restaurant, which is a German restaurant in Fredericksburg right down on Main Street, right near the Nimitz Hotel. These hauntings are all very close to each other also. And this is the story of the restaurant. The restaurant is actually adjacent to what's called the Elk Store, which is a winery and brewery. And haunted. And haunted. Elk Store is definitely haunted. Yes, Elk Store is haunted. and Well, the, the haunting happens at both places. Mm-hmm. So, And the buildings are... I included a couple of pictures in the video portion. So if you're listening, you can check the video out or you can Google it. But the, the two buildings are adjacent to each other right next door. So it's not completely out of the realm of the possibility that if the uh, apparition is haunting one location, it could be haunting both. Yeah, just move back around. We don't exactly. make the rules. We don't make the rules. So this brewery used to be a funeral home. And it was a funeral home that was obviously built well after Charles Nimitz was figuring out what to do with his cadavers (laughs) because there was no option for him. So he was brining them. But uh, this was a funeral home and it was run by a couple of brothers who were carpenters and they ended up switching over to building coffins because the demand was so high, probably partially from the cholera outbreak, partially from the civil war, who knows. But there was a high demand for coffins. So these carpenters decided to start doing that. And they got one body that was too tall to fit in all the coffins. Now this is, I would imagine that you would build a bigger coffin before dismembering the corpse. It just this seems is common. it's common. It, it was common at the time. Yeah. Really? they just yeah, body just too tall. They would just cut the legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess no harm, no foul. Right. I guess. But uh, apparently, this bothered the corpse because he now haunts the building in search of his legs, which is another unique haunting. And it's a terrifying one because the apparition slowly dragged itself across the floor and people hear the dragging. People have found evidence of the dragging. Rob's ghost story that you heard in the beginning there with the apparition dragging itself through the restaurant is actually an actual witness account from people who have worked there. And the flower situation, whether it was knocked over accidentally or they put it there on purpose trying to figure out what was making the dragging noise. They found the drag marks in the flower on the floor, which is from the thing of flower. The what from the thing of flower, the thing of flower. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, and that's, that's, I mean, that is compelling paranormal evidence. We've investigated how many haunted locations and we're using EMF detectors and trying to find uh, fragments of, you know, electrical evidence that support a, the possibility of a haunting. And these people use flour and found what could be some of the most tangible evidence you could possibly find, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. That's like physical evidence. They, they have reports of this all over these two buildings. Uh, and one of them is that they, they think it sounds like furniture is being dragged around. And these are places that do, I'm pretty sure they do like historical tours and stuff now. And, people have you know, so they, they try to rule out well this that's, that could actually just be somebody sliding a chair across the room in the other room and a lot of times they find out that there is nobody on the floor with them or there's nobody in the room that they heard the dragging from so it is uh it's an ongoing haunt it's an active haunt and uh it's a very very active building and that's a pretty pretty terrifying thing and then that's physical proof of of some sort of a haunting taking place especially if nobody was in the building and you do, you do this a lot in investigations. So it's like you. Uh, one of the techniques is you'll leave something on the ground and you'll take a piece of chalk and you'll circle it. And they've been doing this for, you know, dating back to the earliest recorded paranormal investigations. And the reason that they circle it in chalk is they could leave it there for five, six hours and come back. And then they see if it had slid outside that circle. And a lot of times they do. So it's a, it's a strategy. And that's definitely a, a very solid piece of evidence if that story is true.
0: Do you guys remember the show Tales from the Crypt? Yes. Of course. So obviously that show came out a long long time ago and I don't expect everybody to remember every specific episode, but there was actually an episode and this this I don't know this just jarred my memory where a kid got sent to live with his uncle who ran a funeral home and this kid was like a tall basketball player and his uncle was like abusive towards him. And his uncle eventually kills him in the episode, and he can't get the body in one of his coffins as he's trying to hide the body, and he cuts his legs off. And the end of it's the kid coming back without his legs to come after the uncle. So it's really funny because it's just literally the same story, right? Like pretty much it, much it is. Talking. Yeah, I'm telling you this. This was a common
1: thing. It was, they would cut the legs, or uh, we just had a comment. I lost it, but it said that they, nowadays, oh, Rachel said, uh, don't they just fold the legs to make the body fit in the coffin nowadays? Yeah, fold they do. The legs. So I don't think they build taller coffins. I think, they're, I think there might be, especially nowadays, that they use like the some, some cemeteries, they use like the cement encasings. And, and basically it's, it's a fitted thing. I don't know if it's like a six foot coffin or whatever, but you're taller than that. And then, sorry, they're going to do some bending or breaking or cutting off. But there was another uh, comment earlier that I did want to touch on. Uh, I should be starting these comments so I could find them quicker, but it, it was I think it might have been um, so f- I, I can't find it. Anyways, the comment was basically like with that haunting, usually when they cut off the legs to fit the body in the coffin, they put the legs in the coffin with them. Right. Do we know if the legs were in the coffin or did they just toss it into a furnace or something like that and get rid of them? I don't know. And I oh, barbecued them. You're, I assume your question is Did reference to why would the ghost be looking for his leg if, if it was buried with them? Mm-hmm. Like they're with you, dummy, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know, and I guess we're just assuming the ghost is crawling around looking for his legs. We don't know why he's crawling around because all. Yeah, I don't think anyone's like, hey, buddy, what are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> my legs, idiot.
0: <laughs> yeah, see my legs.
1: Uh, who knows? Who knows why the ghost is crawling around on the floor? If he is looking for his legs, maybe the spirit doesn't know that the legs are with the body. I don't know. I don't know. I feel silly trying to ju- justify this. This is true. We've gone too far with this one. <laughs> so we got the the prisons haunted as well, and this is probably my favorite location out of Fredericksburg. Yeah. And- so the- because, uh, sorry, I don't know if you were uh, going into it there, but um, yeah, the, the prison is old and this is actually the fourth or fifth prison that was built in this area and the history and reason for that is because it kept burning down. So there was a prison across the street from where it sits now and that one burnt down. So they built another one and that one burnt down. So they built another one and they had a specific prisoner in this prison that was, uh, he had friends that wanted him, or he had enemies that wanted him um, out of prison so they could kill him. And the enemies of the prisoner showed up to the prison and they said, we would like that prisoner, release him to us. And the prison said, no, that's uh, not how prisons work. (laughs) <laughs> and they said, uh, they said, all right, this is, cool. word, this is word for word, by the way, Dave has the transcript, <laughs> yeah. word for word. And they said, all right, cool. And they left and burnt the building down. So they, uh, they got their way and then they needed to build a fourth prison. So that's where you have the prison that now stands. And it's referred to as the historic old prison in Fredericksburg. And it looks exactly like you would imagine a prison from this time period to look just what a creative name, thing. though. Like, how do you come up with a name that creative for a prison? Historic old prison? It's a little <laughs> redundant. It's a little redundant. <laughs> you're saying it's historic and it's old. Interesting. And a prison? Uh, and a prison. <laughs> and you're telling me that with that name, it's also a prison? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But they, uh, it's heavily reinforced. Iron bars on the windows, stone. I mean- All prisons are heavily reinforced. That's the point. But this one, looking at (laughs) the walls are so thick. They had embedded broken glass on the five-foot wall that stands out front. So if you try to hop over it, use your imagination. But they they built this place pretty sturdy. And you can see that by looking at the building. But it is haunted. And there's a few different things that haunt this place. One of them being, uh, they describe it as a wandering coldness. So you'll be standing in the building. You'll have a group of people there. And... the the people in the group will just feel this this coldness that kind of passes through them and multiple people will feel it as if it's basically just wandering around so you, you get haunted locations where you might feel a temperature drop or you might feel a certain area that feels colder than others this one's unique because the cold itself moves around yeah, and cold spots are pretty common, but for this thing to just basically like move around the room, that's that's definitely unique to this situation, as far as I as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. So you get that, you get the chains that move, and this one I included it only because they say that there's multiple chains that hang from the ceiling, and they don't all move. It'll be one that'll be start swinging, and the other ones won't. So they'll say that there's no breeze. And this, the chain is swinging regardless, but also only one of them is swinging and the others are not. So that's that's the reason I included it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have because a swinging chain seems pretty inconsequential. Right. But this is one of the the main hauntings in this place that's reported on by multiple sources. And you got to think with something that sturdy, you're, it's probably not someone thumping overhead if there is isn't overhead from where the chains are and even if it was it would probably cause multiple to move it's a, if it's a breeze it's going to probably cause multiple to move you included a picture in the episode and for those audio listeners you can go check it out on youtube but there's a whole bunch of them hanging from one place so for just one of them to move is very strange right yeah, did wow. you
0: did you learn about this when you were doing your extensive training as a uh, weather observer i didn't go through the
1: same i was talking earlier Jesse. Jesse right I, 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 yeah I,
0: No, I I didn't do the 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 change. I mean, you're explaining how wind works, though, so I just assume that your extensive knowledge of that is where it transcribed over to this. I'm just an observer. I'm not the meteorologist (laughs) here, so I'm assuming you probably went through that training, so you're probably
1: better to speak on this subject. I do think how wind works is is pretty common knowledge, I would say. I don't think you have to be a weather observer to understand the concept of wind Hmm. personally. But who knows? I am not a weather observer, so I can't
0: say one way or the other. This um Can you explain the entire process of how wind is created for us right now? I can, sure. So basically hot air rises and then the
1: cold air rushes in to fill the void. Is that good enough for you? No. <laughs> much better than it. I thought it was gonna be actually. <laughs> um so the the chains are are haunting here. And another one is the apparition of the guy who sits on this front steps, which I think is really cool because there's a fucking picture of it. So I included the picture in the video. There's actually a picture of a guy, of the, a white figure sitting on the front steps. And it is, if you believe the picture is real, which I have no reason not to, uh, it seems. I don't know what else it could be. It doesn't really look like a like a, a light anomaly. It looks like a transparent figure of a person. And all of you who are listening and think I'm an idiot. It does not look photoshopped. I think that the quality of the picture would be a lot better in that case, and you can tell when you photoshop uh, a figure of a picture over another picture. It's For sure, a, it's, it's it, obvious. So this one, my, my first, my first instinct was not that it was a photoshopped image, and I've become a hawk with these things. So, mm. yes, yeah. I mean, to answer your question, there are two nuclear power plants in Texas. Neither of them, neither <laughs> of them, are here in Fredericksburg. Well, so I'm just to we, settle that one, I am glad we got that one straightened out, but, uh, yeah, I that picture pretty... pretty legit. I'm sorry. There's a couple other pictures. I don't know if you saw them with, there's like ghostly figures floating above the building as well. Did I you see that? See Cause that. it's kind of a no. weird thing. Like it's literally like maybe 10, 15 feet above the building. And it definitely looks like another authentic picture, probably not Photoshopped. Mm-hmm. And it's glowing. It has that same kind of bluish look to it, and you can clearly see a face. So you never know with these kinds of pictures, but they were taken on the ghost tour and everything. So it was uh, pretty interesting. Captain McSlow says, show us the picture. We can pull that back up in a moment here. But there are definitely some interesting pictures that have come out of the, uh, the ghost tours around Fredericksburg. Ghost tour looks like a, a decent time just because everything's so concentrated in, uh, in and around the same area. Yeah, I don't think Fredericksburg is a particularly small city. It could be. I don't know. But it is a city, so it's going to be somewhat large. But all of the hauntings, or most of the hauntings, seem to be confined in one specific area. Uh, There is another haunting that I didn't talk about in the video that I did want to talk about because it's an interesting story. And it's interesting because when I first heard about it, I thought it was just La Llorona because she is a ghost that haunts that area, the originates in Mexico City, but the ghost of La Llorona, which has a specific story tied to it in history, we covered that last year, and it involves a river. So when I hear about this ghost that haunts the river in this area of Texas, I was like, that must be La Llorona. But it actually isn't. And the story is as follows. This is from backroadstexas.net. It's the white lady of the Frio River. The scenic Frio River flows through the southern Texas hill country. And the visitors to this leaky concan. I didn't. I didn't Google the pronunciation of that, so I probably just butchered it. And Garner State Park flocked to the region for majestic natural beauty and adventures on the water. Little do they know that the echoes of a heartbreaking love triangle may be heard over the water on a still night. As the story goes, the Juarez family lived happily along the banks of the Frio back in the early 1900s. The family boasted two beautiful daughters both of whom caught the roving eyes of, el- of eligible bachelors. The eldest Juarez daughter accepted the proposal of a gentleman named Gregorio and started to raise a family. Maria, the other Juarez daughter, told her big sister she would love to follow in her footsteps in finding a beau and raising a family of her own. Surely fate would soon deliver a handsome young man to help her fulfill those dreams. And that's exactly what happened, but with a horrible and fatal twist. A handsome young ranch hand named Anselmo Tobar courted Maria, and when the time came for him to pop the question, she delightfully said yes. When this happy news reached Gregorio's ears, Gregorio is her sister's husband, his reaction, shall we say, was less than happy. He immediately cornered Maria and pledged his undying love for her, that she was really the only woman for him. He explained in no uncertain terms he would abandon her sister and his own children to run away with Maria. This always works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shoot your shot, right? (laughs) 50-50 chance. Aghast at this brash and indecent proposal, Maria turned Gregorio down flat, citing her devotion to her sister and love for Anselmo. What Maria considered to be settled drove Gregorio into a blind rage. As she strolled the banks of the river at sunset to meet her lover, her enraged and jealous brother-in-law shot Maria in the chest, leaving her to pass away quietly and alone on the Frio's mossy bank. Eventually, Gregorio, who had decided if he couldn't have Maria, no one could, was convinced of her murder and sent to prison for a lengthy sentence. So the story goes, there are those who dismiss it as urban legend and say just as many who swear it's the apparition of Maria along the Frio River, still seeking her beloved Anselmo. The heartbreaking wails of the White Lady of the Frio have also been heard echoing over the cool, flowing waters. No matter what you may believe, the story has been told here for well over 100 years. So this is in Texas Hill Country, which uh, part of that is Fredericksburg, Texas, and her ghost is seen spotted there, or they believe that is her ghost. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting because... Like I said earlier, I would have thought that it sounded a lot like the La Llorona haunting. So who knows? Maybe the people, maybe the people who are seeing or what they believe to be this ghost are actually seeing the ghost of La Llorona. Similarities. Yeah. Okay. Did you read the word wrong? Because I got the story completely backward. Brennan, did you say convinced when you meant convicted? He meant he meant convicted. Okay, because I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you just killed her. You're not convinced. <laughs> like, yeah, someone must no. have killed her.
0: No, he meant yeah. convicted. This
1: man's crazy. All right. So it he was, was convicted. convinced and sentenced <laughs> to prison. <laughs> convinced of the murder, also. You know, anyways. So okay. Everyone else was convinced, apparently. The judge was convinced. <laughs> the jury was convinced that's all that matters. Okay, I got you. I do have that. Um that picture from earlier so this is one of them so this is the ghost picture and clearly It clearly looks like a woman in a dress walking right oh yeah yeah it, does it doesn't be. strike me as photoshopped off the bat but it very well could be it could be yeah if you zoom in on it definitely yeah. definitely could be but again but we, it's like a grainy photo it looks like a cell phone picture and it looks like it was snapped pretty quick so Yeah. And I've seen, I've been on plenty of ghost tours and I've seen people capture photos of weird anomalies like this in real time with no time to Photoshop it. There's obviously Photoshop apps that you have on your phone nowadays, but we've been doing this for well over 10 years. And I can think of situations in Salem where people have got weird stuff that shows up in mirrors. I had One lady showed me, she's like, look at this. I just took this picture five seconds ago. And there was literally a figure standing in the window in her, in her phone. Oh yeah. Picture on her phone. I was like, that is crazy. Cause I was just standing right here. So uh, it is, it's not uncommon to have a, uh, an apparition caught on a photograph. Yeah, but. this is one of the photos I was talking about earlier. This is not a good photo of it, but uh, is one of the ones that are floating above the building. And you can't really see anything in this picture. It looks almost just like that's a flag, weird. but it's something glowing. But I've seen other pictures where it's more clear and it looks much more like a face. So that's creepy. Again, it looks like it, a wraith. Yeah, kind of, kind of. So um, for those audio listeners, again, swing over to YouTube, you can check out these pictures that we're sharing. Yes. So that pretty much wraps this location, Fredericksburg, Texas. Those were all the hauntings, and they're all very unique, very distinct from other hauntings that we've talked about.
0: Uh, um, the- re- sorry to interrupt you, but before we, before we wrap it, I have a couple more Fredericksburg yeah. stories, unless you think we're going to come back to Fredericksburg. I don't, I don't think we are. I think that uh, we, I, we covered most of them. Did so. you hear about the Enchanted Rock? I did not. So the enchanted rock in Fredericksburg is rumored to be haunted by the ghosts of a number of native American tribesmen and women who once inhabited the area. According to legend, the rock was once used by natives as an altar for sacrifices and those visiting the location often report witnessing shadow figures and apparitions. Uh, There is also the old world Inn, which is the, I'm not going to say, because I cannot pronounce this, the Alte Wald Gasthof. Uh, Nailed it. it. First opened in 1915 as a boarding house for German immigrants. I'm yes, it's Gu- German. Guests at the inn overnight report witnessing apparitions and hearing the sounds of disembodied voices speaking in a foreign language. Mm, so there's crazy. that one. And there's also the Rathskeller restaurant, which um, in the basement It's located in the basement of the old Keidel Memorial hospital, which first opened in 1938. The building was first constructed as a hardware and general store in 1883. Patrons often report witnessing apparitions from the basement, which was previously used as the hospital's morgue and hearing the disembodied sounds of cries. Yeah, I've heard heard of that one. I've also heard there's a ton of shadow figures there. There's also like an infestation
1: of shadow figures at the prison. So they've, seen a lot of those a lot of those have been captured on camera and footage so both of these locations definitely have a whole bunch of uh shadow figures that people are
0: people are catching so yeah any other uh spots around that you want to touch on there rob no those were just the the main ones that i saw that had a few little things that we didn't hit on and i had a feeling that we kind of were wrapping Fredericksburg, so i thought we should just throw them out there cool yeah i've heard a couple of those so it's an interesting one it's on
1: the list and uh That's Texas, allegedly, according to some, the most haunted state in the country. Wrong. (laughs) So uh, let's thank our patrons real quick, and then we will kind of figure out what we're doing next week so for our vips aka the church of bucky mccat elders we have allison v genie r lisa j mallory k mike Oubli at blake mom and pops w peach smoothie robert h demon king and inspires gaming for our warren's Wards, we have 32 drc ambi rose anna c chris c donnie n elizabeth young lily jake v janice g mar fire matthew t papa Squatch, rachel b randy c sarah cook we have stephanie a sydney b sydney b as well uh, for the ghost pirate mafia. We have Al Capone. We have Al Capone's poorly taxidermied corn dinosaur. Alicia Espinoza, Anthony T Brandon, W Brennan, B Captain McSlugs, Kath Q Cody G. Who's castle. We have huggy bear. We have Joe R. Kirily J Mark M. Mariah M. Nuthouse queen. Paul from St. Louis, Sam from Nepal. Sarah, R Scotty L. Solar flare. Soph Hooper swanny and the other rachel b thank you guys so much for being on patreon early access to episodes we have brand new bonus side con- out there, side content out there which is uh reviews of the new season of black mirror so we're going to review each episode of that and that is bonus content exclusive to patreon only ad free episodes all that kind of fun stuff so speaking over to patreon thank you guys so much for being a part of that we do appreciate it a month. Hey, we got a bunch of gifted memberships today. I don't know if we thank those folks, but Puppet Squatch came through. Gifted 10. I believe Mallory gifted 10. Some really handsome guy named Jesse gifted 10. So thank you guys for that. And uh, Demon King signed up as a member again. So thank you. Also, Captain McSlug's $1.99 Super Chat. Rare IPA, you never heard of $2 in Super Chat. And Jeanette, thank you guys all for those donations and gifted
0: memberships and all that kind of stuff. So appreciate it, guys. Very much. Got some reviews here as well. I actually missed one last week. This one is from A.A. Ron, uh, titled "One Episode," and I was hooked. My first episode was "The Ghost of Penhurst," and I was immediately hooked. Although that episode was sad to hear, you all did a very well. You all did very well keeping with the original lingo for those days, Get you really into the story. I work graveyard at a hospital. Perfect podcast to make the night go fast. And I'm going to be binging to catch up. Keep up the awesome work. So, thank you, A.A. Ron. Uh, I also have one from Dom R 2000 titled best horror podcast I've come across yet. This podcast is amazing and addicting. I listen to it on my way to work at work and on my way home from work every day. I am almost caught up. So I've started watching the live streams as they come out. Now this podcast is so fun and the histories and is so in depth. I'll start listening to the episodes again from the beginning. Once I've caught up on Apple podcast and final one is from M Bravo titled one of the best as many before me have said, love the podcast. Very entertaining and informative. Listen to it at work. When my coworkers ask me what I am laughing about, all I say is I'm listening to the guys from Massachusetts telling ghost stories. One of my favorite parts is when the queen speaks. God save the queen. Keep up the good work. I'm guessing that is in reference to when Jesse lays out his terrible, terrible <laughs> British accent for all to hear. Terrible. <laughs> I don't think so. Did you read the one from Donnie
1: that I sent on Facebook? Was that one of the ones that you just read? Um, I sent it to the email. He did not read it. Okay. All right. So this one uh, was sent in the form of a Facebook comment, but it says it ended with highly recommended five stars. So it is a review that wants to be read, which is I've listened to a couple of episodes of the podcast and I was hooked. I found the podcast while searching for a new paranormal true crime show to listen to. I found the show around episode four. I quickly listened to the first three and have stayed current ever since it is one of my all-time favorites and i listen to a lot of podcasts i was able to catch one of the live youtube shows uh that are on tuesdays at nine and really liked it i never miss a week of the live show now the banter and jokes uh between the hosts are really they really make it fun to watch the live chat that goes on during the episodes between the hosts and viewers make it fun and a unique show highly recommended five star thank you donnie if you're here yeah donnie's right here boom there he is so yeah thank you for the comment and uh appreciate that we found it. Anyways. Got it. Uh, so next week, like we said, we're going to go live on July 3rd. At some point, it'll probably be I, I maybe could we pull a 930? We'll talk about it off stream, but we'll we'll keep you guys posted on the socials at what time it's going to happen. So um, but we will be live with listeners submitted ghost stories. So if you haven't already, make sure you send it over. You can email it to us. Hometown ghost stories at gmail.com or hit us on discord. There's a whole channel for your ghost stories on our discord. If you haven't joined that yet join discord it's awesome it's not just ghost stories in promotion for the show this is a whole community of listeners and uh and friends and family and and uh, all these people that stay connected with each other and we talk about a whole bunch of stuff it's actually become one of my favorite parts of the show is just being involved in the discord so it's uh it's fun a lot of fun so yeah. make sure you join that up it's free. Uh, if you're if you're unfamiliar with how Discord works, you could download it on your phone, create an account, and then uh, just click the link, and, and you're able to join. So,
0: last bit of business. We were on talk is Jericho again last Friday. So, if you want to hear us talk about Jack the Ripper, talk about who? <laughs> Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. If you want I watched that time. That. You didn't do it.
1: You didn't do it. I, it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm not denying that I don't do it.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> If you want to hear us talk about Jack the Ripper with Chris Jericho... You talk about catch- who?
1: No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> catch that. Over on his podcast feed, it was a lot of fun. We got into some of the stuff we talked about on this show. Talked about Chris's theories on who he thinks it is. So it was an enjoyable show to to knock out. And we appreciate Absolutely. him having us on.
1: Always so. fun jumping on the uh, Talk is Jer- Jericho podcast. Yeah, we did plan on... We figured that he'd drop it in October. So we're like, all right, we'll give our listeners a little break from Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and then he dropped it mm. immediately so we're like all right more jack the Ripper you. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you know always awesome and thanks again to everybody over at talk is jericho and, and uh it was uh, it was awesome so if you haven't already go go check that one out you can listen to a little more depth we, we covered suspects that we didn't actually cover on our show so we go over uh some more of those and more hauntings so there's there's it's not the same show just repeated it's it's more stuff right Cool. And me and Jesse yell at each other the whole show. So We do actually threaten to kill Rob, which usually is uh, Rob threatened to kill Dave. So it happens. All right, yeah. gentlemen. I think that'll pretty much do it, right? I think that does it. Cool. All right. We will uh, talk to you guys next time.
0: Peace.